Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan Ramadegger. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We're locked in. We're ready to go. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about this week, Mike. Obviously, we previewed last week. We're going to be talking free agency previews. Uh, some rumors that have already came out. We're going to talk the massive amounts of trades that happened in the NFL. We've got a mock draft post-combine, pre-free agency. So a uh, nice little in-betweener uh, mock draft for you. And then we're also going to be talking the return of Major League Baseball. And, of course, we've got AEW Revolution to go over. And that, Mike, is where we're going to start this week with that show. Um, first off, just general impressions of the show. I thought pretty much um, I, I had two notes from this show just as an overarching thing. Number one. I thought the show, pretty much top to bottom, was really solid. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really think there was there was a match where I was like, "This is just bad." Or mm-hmm. like, I, and two, I also thought though the show was really long. Yeah, I thought the show was really long, and I, I like at the end of it, I was like, "Wow, there's a lot on here." Yeah, and, I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't feel it as long because I was yeah. watching other stuff. Like yeah. like while there was a match going on, yeah, I like that I, I mm-hmm. didn't want to watch. Right. I was like co like, yeah. watching something else, mm-hmm. uh, basketball to be exact. Yeah, so. Um, there's two matches specifically on this card that I think, and we talked about, I think even in the preview where yeah. I went, you could have put this on dynamite yeah. and made this show literally banger, 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 banger. Yeah. Banger. You could have made Trey bangers yeah, out of this like show. All, whole um, thing. yeah, but my initial reaction is I think, I think all out was their like most iconic show yes. because all the debuts yes. and like punks return and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like from like an icon, I don't think anyone's ever going to like forget that show ever generally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause you had uh, Brian and all those guys mm-hmm. coming in. Yep. But I think from top to bottom in terms of wrestling as a yeah. like wrestling show, yeah. I think this is probably this is right their best there. show. Yeah, this is very good. Um, yeah. they put on, and this is what I meant when after all out, I was like, I don't think AEW is going to miss a show yeah. in like two years. Yeah. It's because with all the talent that they have, mm-hmm. like there's no way you can't put on seven matches or whatever it is right. that just aren't straight bangers from right. like top to bottom with right. all the guys that you have there. Like you Absolutely. can just, you basically take everyone that's on this show and you like intertwangle them <laughs> in some way. And you're like, okay, that's a banger of a show. Yeah. You know what I mean? So from a, from a wrestling standpoint, this mat, this whole card pretty much was pretty darn It was pretty solid. darn good. Uh, even the two or three matches that I didn't like, I wasn't like super excited yeah. for. I think they all like hit way yeah. better than I thought. Sure. Which one of those opened the show? Yeah. Um, so we had a singles match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Yeah. Eddie Kingston beats Chris Jericho in 14 minutes. Gets. Oh, I gotta zoom thought in it here. was important for Eddie to get this win though. Yeah, he, I, I mean yeah. he's like Owen. Yeah. Four in pay per view matches right. now and or I something. Thought so Jericho and I tweeted this out there. This is why Jericho is as good as he is mm-hmm. because. He just made Eddie Kingston in the matter of one night. He yeah. did. He he legitimately he made him. He put Kingston on a different level now. Where if Kingston beats Scorpio Sky next week for the TNT title or whatever, yeah. or it's gonna be Wardlow. It's probably gonna be him next week anyway. But anyway, um, it, what he could win a title tomorrow and people go. Yeah, but he did just beat Jericho, so mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, this match got a uh, four and four and a half stars. A lot of storytelling here. Mm-hmm. I thought Jericho looked his best. He's looked in a long time. Yeah. I thought he was kind of getting a little bit. I was like, oof, it was getting rough to uh, watch here. Jer- Jericho just looks in shape. Yeah, now. he got in it's, shape w- again. it's crazy. Yeah, it's, like... it's the thing. He, he, I think he lost some weight. 
Um, I thought he looked clean here. I thought they did the brawling really well. Like I said, and I, like I said, I tweeted out, it's what makes Jericho one of the goats is because of matches like this where you're not going to go back and look, man, remember that banger of a match Jericho and Eddie Kingston have? That's not what you're going to remember. You're going to remember the fallout, though, where Eddie Kingston got put into another level, mm-hmm. and you remember what kicked that off. Who yeah. did that? Who set all that in motion? It was Chris Jericho. Yeah. And he retweeted it, and my phone blew up. <laughs> And I, th- I think one of the crazy things, too, is that the the Wednesday after, mm-hmm. Jericho is yep. now in a new faction yep. with uh, and 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Up. And they're just, yeah, he's yes. raising people up. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like well, Eddie Kingston's probably going to be with yeah, Pride and Powerful. Yep. And there's another three-man team. Just waiting for it. Just waiting and for it. And we've got a big six-man tag on Dynamite this week with Hangman and the World Tag Champs versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon. I want three more three-man three man tags. A couple saying, more three-man tags. Lord. And we're going to talk about a whole bunch of three-man tags in this oh, next match because they Lord. all have three men in them. I know. Uh, so next up, so we have... just mocking us at this point. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's listening to our show like... Yeah, we got, we got, every time they mention it, put them back. Put, put another three-man <laughs> team in there. Uh, next up, we have the AEW World Tag Three-Way. That yep. was a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Jungle Express... Defeating the Red Dragons, Bobby Fish, Kyle Riley, and the Young Bucks in 19 minutes. This match was like everything mm-hmm. I legitimately thought this match was going to be. Yep. The only problem I have with this match, yep. literally at all, is the rules of the three-way yeah, are just like so that. stupid. Didn't like that either. It like WWE does it too. Should have been all three men yeah, in the match. Just yeah. put one from each team in there, and because I think it would have worked better for the story too. Yes. Because you could have had like. Like Kyle O'Reilly being a legal man, right. pinning jung- like rolling Jungle Boy up, right. and, and then, then Matt Jackson's break like yeah. break, has to break up. Then Nick Jackson does it, and then Kyle like whatever. Like yep. I feel like the story makes more sense well, with all three in the ring. And then also too, it lends to what the finish was, where it's like, and I and I like the fact that you felt at one point Red Dragon had it in the bag. Mm-hmm. I thought at another point you thought the Bucks had it in the bag, mm-hmm. knowing for what well, we both predicted that I, we didn't think the title no. changing at this point. Um, that's probably my only downfall. This whole show really is that theoretically nothing really impactful like from yeah. a title perspective really happened here mm-hmm. um and we'll explain why i guess later on but um from this match though to the dynamic of the bucks and red dragon having to basically they cancel each other out which then lends the opportunity for jurassic express to retain i thought was was key there right it's yeah. kind of how we thought it would play out but this i mean all three teams great tag teams yeah. um just goes to show you, I need more Red Dragon and the Young Bucks against each other. Yeah, and we're gonna probably I get a lot. Of I really it. need like low key. I need FTR versus the Bucks versus Red Dragon. That's what I need all day. And then Lucha Bros. Like, give yeah. me those four tag teams in any sort of combination. Yeah, and I'm good for the next year and a half. And that's that's the crazy thing is is if um. Jurassic Express ever loses a title yeah. to say like the Red Dragons, which yeah. could happen. Because mm-hmm. I think the Red Dragons are gonna probably beat the Bucks for a number yeah. one containership and get them. Yeah. Then they're gonna go right through yeah. FTR and Lucha Bros. I know. In the next three or four pay per views, and you go, there's a five star yeah, banger exactly. in each one. I, like that's I, that's what that's what having this stacked roster kind of brings you to. It's yeah. just it's like every you can just yeah. put it on the Jungle Express. Have them have three banger matches. All right, now we'll just give it to I don't know the Red Dragons. I don't yeah, know. yeah, exactly. And then, I and guess. Then, yeah. I, and then next, it's like I guess we'll have to give it to FTR. Right, yeah. We don't have anyone else. Oh, I guess. Oh, yeah, Varsity Blondes are a young tag team. Let's give them. The, oh, by the way, we've got Moxley and Danny Bryan. Yeah. Oh, like Moxley and Danny Bryan. Oh, oh, yeah. And we'll talk about that. That was the highlight of the show for me. But we'll continue. Yeah. We'll continue on. Uh, next, next we have the Face of the Revolution ladder match, which I think was their best. I think this was the best one incarnation done of it so, so far. far because I thought they did everything they were supposed to 
Um, they made somebody new, mm -hmm. right? You felt the Wardlow Express kind of coming, right? So that was good. Um, and then two, I thought they made everybody shine in some regard. And I thought they kept everybody relatively safe, right? Mm -hmm. Like even Keith Lee taken out and all that other stuff. Like they did everything where everybody looked the part in yes. this match, I guess was the best way of putting that. Yeah, this one got three and uh, three quarter stars. Yeah. It's Def hard for a, for a five-way ladder. It's hard to be like, well, that was a technical masterpiece. It's a car crash. Yeah, it is a car crash. And I, I thought it was weird having three big guys mm -hmm. in the match. And I, I was worried about And then about with that. guys like Orange Cassidy, who are, mm -hmm. isn't really a high flyer, like you really only had Ricky Starks, yeah. I felt he's like. he's not really a high flyer And he's not either. really a high flyer. No. And then Christian, who's the ladder guy, yeah. to kind of like run the spots yeah. and like make sure everyone's set up and everything. Yeah. But I thought it was their best version of this by far. And I think this is going to be the first one. Like you said, your big critique was that it never pays off. I think this I think is the this one that's off. really going to pay that off huge. Either or MJF screws Wardlow. And then we'll get to that. And then we'll second. get yeah. to that yeah. match probably down the line at one right. point anyway. So yeah. I think it worked both ways. Um, next, we had the AEW TBS title match. Uh, Jay Cargill defeated Tay Conti. This is one match where you probably didn't have to have this on the show. Nope. but No uh, build needed. And then also it went too long. I felt like. Well, it only went seven minutes. I know. But it was and like, I felt like it took 12. Like yeah. I was like, good Lord. Like, I, you know, it, the one thing I will say. Cargill, a star, you know what's coming, right? Like, she, she's getting better in the ring every single night. I did feel, though, that in this match in particular, you saw her inexperienced because I don't yeah. think Ty Conti's necessarily super experienced either. Yeah. I think you really need to be insulating Jade Cargill until she can hold her own in matches where, like, she's facing the Ruby Soho, she's facing the Sheetas, the, the, the people or the women that have been in the industry longer mm -hmm. than her who can then help then guide her in matches like this, especially yeah. on pay-per-view. You want to put her in, 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 a, in a TBS title match on TV and mm -hmm. have her beat Ty Conti in seven minutes? No problem. Yeah. Pay-per-view, it needs to be with somebody who can bring out the best mm -hmm. in her. Yeah, so I think this was... Uh, this was the worst match This was the, the worst card, uh, match on the show. Really a, I mean, when you compare it to everything else, that's not really an insult. I yeah, guess. and then there's <laughs> another match that I don't think yes. was very good, but it kind of also hindered on a right on a earlier thing. Yeah. But we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so our next match was the dog collar match, mm -hmm. which was yeah. just insane to watch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it went 27 minutes-ish, got four and three-quarter stars. CM Punk coming out to his original... Mm -hmm. It was actually awesome. So, like, yeah. so to, to music, set the stage... Yes, yeah, so to set the stage, MJF... So they hit the cult of personality. Yeah. Everyone thinks Punk's coming out, yeah. and then MJF's music hits, mm -hmm. and he just walks out. He's like, ah, I got yeah, you right. guys. Ah, oh, you guys are idiots, whatever. Mm -hmm. So he walks in the ring, and then Punk's music hits, and but no and no one and everyone's just like, what? there were a couple of they yeah. they they had a camera to like six people in the yeah. crowd who knew what it yeah. was because right. I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. I just knew I was like, this sounds awesome. Like yeah. I was like, this is right. so cool because mm -hmm. it's like there was no. Yeah, Tron playing nope. in the bag. There no. was no like no. lights or fireworks. It, it was just dark. It looked like the House of Black like yeah. entrance kind of. Right. It was just dark with an eerie presence, and he just walked out. Tag team. Yeah, with another <laughs> three man tag team. He just walked out dark. Yes, and like he wore his shorts yeah. and what that he yeah. used to wear and everything, mm -hmm. and it, it looked so cool. The like visual representation of it just looked so awesome. Yeah, and then cool. this match was just from like start to finish. It wasn't like a great match by any means until no. like the last five minutes. Good storytelling, but it was great storytelling. And Do you it was wish just... that they would have not did the turn the week before. Um, like we had like the promo right where MGF right Punk comes out like is this real blah 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 right they hug it out and then immediately the next week. He mm -hmm. turns on him. Do you think that they should have waited for that 
moment in the match. Yeah, to, so to well, so I was conflicted. I, was, I thought the match was really good, but I was like, man, what if? They, here's like, the thing: is I, it. I thought if they were gonna have MGF win, yeah. I would have liked for them to wait until mm-hmm. now because I think oh, well, how we were pitching the ending of this match right. to go was Punk was about to win, then he feels bad, and, and he's like, off, he holds and off, and that's how MGF wins. Yeah. But knowing that Punk wins this, yeah. I guess I'm okay with it yeah. because I, was surprised Punk won. I am surprised Punk won yeah, too. I, yeah. um, but Punk winning, I was like, I guess it doesn't really make sense. Like he's not going to hold off yeah. for MGF to count, for him to re counter a counter right. to win a match. Right. So I guess I'm okay with it in like hindsight, mm-hmm. knowing that Punk wins this match. Yeah, and I do think, and I'm gonna give credit to Tony Khan here because knowing now, okay, we know with Wardlow turning babyface. Yes, and that too. Yeah, and then so. We already know, okay, it's going to be Wardlow and MJF. That's an interesting dynamic, and I have a question about that because that's that's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. But then also then immediately spinning off into what you're assuming is going to be – what's the next one? Double or Nothing is the next mm-hmm. show? Double or Nothing, Hangman and Punk for the title. Probably. And, is going to be massive. And, and the, I think the crazy thing was – I guess we'll get to it yeah. way later yeah. – is someone we'll actually get to uh, yeah, I have to remember this point that, but so yes my point of this is the fact that we got there out of this match and you branch off into this where I think a lot of people could have went okay MJF beats Punk here and we got Hangman and MJF for the title yeah. in the next show um, the fact that they're kind of diverging a little bit is interesting because in my mind the not so much Punk and Hangman we'll get there later but the Warlow MJF feud is interesting because who goes over in that Be- because MJF is your is is you know your heel. That's the guy that you want to build around, right? He's one of your pillars, right? Whatever the T-shirt says. But Wardlow is a huge mastodon of a man mm-hmm. who has now got a big following. I think his promo work needs a lot of work. That he need, that's the thing but, is he needs to be with like MJF. But, but but at the same time, he's now a huge baby face, and as every wrestling promoter ever go, well, he's ginormous, so he screams world champion. Yeah, so yeah, so that that's interesting to me. You know, I think in a slightly different sense to me because I yeah. look at it as so you have double or nothing. If we assume that's Punk and Hangman, yeah. right? I would like it makes sense because you probably want to wait to all out to really pull out your big mm-hmm. Hangman MJF if that's yeah, where you're gonna that's if that's where you're gonna go with it yeah, right you yeah. want to probably wait to all out because that's your if you're gonna try to promote all out as your big show now mm-hmm. you had your big debuts last year next year you have your two guys who you built from the ground up right. from your company right. are gonna main event this one or whatever like yeah. the next one so but it's also weird to me because I look at it and I go. Like you said, if does Wardlow go over? But if yeah. pa, if MJF loses at double or nothing, right. how are you then gonna get get to, get to there? Get right. to there exactly. And if MJF wins, now he's, now he's gonna be TNT champion. So now he has to. Now it's probably easier for him to lose it. But then you're gonna kill Wardlow right. to then bring up MJF now. Right. So I think that's gonna be a tough thing to toggle. Now we say that with AEW, I'll I'll give Tony Khan his time to like yeah. run this out right. because. I, I, there's a better chance than not that he'll figure out a way where at double or nothing we'll go, yeah, that makes Do sense. Do you think Warlow wins the TNT title on Wednesday? From yeah, okay. yeah, I have a pretty I'm, strong I'm, feeling on it, too. I, I think it's either going to go he wins it or MJF screws, screws him, out him out of it. And I think yeah. I would... I think storytelling wise, it would be easier to say that he screws him out because yeah. then it's not a title match. Right. But I kind of hope he wins it. But I, I hope think, he wins I think it too. Yeah. I think it actually benefits better a because it's my thing of okay, why have the ladder match if you never get the payoff? But also, I think with him then beat so Scorpio Scott. This is a sidebar, but I think it's important to go into it. 
Scorpio Sky wins the TNT title the following Wednesday after this pay-per-view. He's been undefeated for a year. To have Wardlow then immediately come out the following week and beat him mm-hmm. does two things. Number one, it gets a title on him. B, it also then beats a guy who's been who just beat another guy who's been super hot in Sammy Guevara. And now you stri- you the rocket to yep. Wardlow to then have MJF come in and cut him yep. immediately, right? Yep. And then I honestly think the way to get around having MJF win is if Wardlow's TNT champion and they're fighting for the TNT title, he, he doesn't want, we don't, I don't think that's his mark, right? Mm-hmm. Like having MJF beat Warlow for the TNT championship, I don't think doesn't. I, I agree. So I think you can get around where, okay, Warlow's champion, it ends in some way where yeah. Warlow goes overboard, gets disqualified, hits him with a, does something after enough of antagonizing from MJF at the pay per view mm-hmm. to where MJF wins the match, doesn't win the title. And then he can spin off and go. Yeah, to the world and uh, and here's the thing: if, if yeah. that's like the way they go, yeah, and that's I guess I like think of that all the way through. But that's yeah. how I think Tony Khan would probably have booked it. Yeah. I think at double or nothing, if that's the way it happened, and we're yeah. going to MJF Hangman at all out, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, that yeah. okay, now I'm cool with right. it. But if like that very specific scenario doesn't happen, yeah. and just like and like Wardlow just pins MJF, I'm gonna be like. That'll be the, interesting. And then right. I'm like, then what are we doing? Because MGF just lost at three straight, straight pay-per-views now. Exactly. So I'm like, what are we doing and now? That, and that's the part where I don't want to get into. Is like, if that's if that's the goal, and I feel like that is the goal, we're three years in now, I feel like this is the time, then you got to kind of figure out a way to keep them strong. Exactly, you know I mean? yeah. So, so that's why I thought it was going to be at the next yeah. pay-per-view. Seeing what's going to happen, it'll probably be at all out. But now yes. I'm like, now you got to hold MGF's and momentum that long. you could long. even do it where, like, I know they have a battle of the belts coming, right, or something like that. You yeah. could honestly have MGF beat Wardlow mm-hmm. and then drop it because of whatever there's a lot of different ways there's a lot of ways there. to do it but, but if they do yeah. it in a way that makes sense to me yeah to and they don't kill mgf like losing in the yes. process i think it works perfectly yeah. so right, keep going. but we'll keep going um so next match so this one i think and i think their match in next week on dynamite mm-hmm. will be 10 times better but following the stall collar match any of these next four matches probably would have died yeah um so they just kind of gave it to this one i guess mm-hmm. uh so we had Britt baker defeating thunder rosa in yep. a match that was not near, anywhere near as good as the no. first one. But again, like I'm saying, didn't have the time. you didn't have the time, and it was following the stall color match where the crowd literally just sat on their hands. This is where the six-man tag should This is exactly and where the six-man I don't know why it didn't. Yes. Um, and, well, because, I mean, I because of I what happens it, in between yeah. the next couple. Like, yeah. it, it was you just had so many that was like, you kind of just have to, someone's yeah. going to die here, yeah. so we're, we're going to kill this match. So um, Britt Baker wins. Um, debut's how, a new title, by the way. Debut's a new title. It looks way, way better. better. Oh my gosh. Oh, um, so nice. But so much Thunder, better. and then literally, like, after she lost, I was like, that's weird. And then you look up, and their next yeah, dynamite is yeah, in on Thunder Rose. Day or whatever was the one that they're going to be in her hometown, and she's going to win the title there. Yeah, so I was like, ah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. So we, we don't really get a title win here, yeah. but it's like a branch off of this. Yeah. And I think that hurts this match. In retrospect, too, because you go, oh, so this is a throwaway. Just this is a throwaway to, a to get moment, yes, a moment in our hometown in a cage where she's yeah. gonna sit on top of the steel cage, holding the entire and be like, oh, look yep, what I did. did it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that was that was fun. Interesting to see what they do with Britt Baker after uh, she loses the title. Yeah, will she go off TV for three months? Yeah, I don't know. Guess we'll find out. Uh, next, we had, I would say, probably match the night. Maybe. Yeah. It was easily in the three, but yeah. it's it's close. Yeah. It's I think it's depending on your style, what you liked. But Mox, uh, you don't like this. I don't know what Moxley beating Daniel Brian Danielson in twenty minutes well, got three and three quarters. Got the win here. I was done. I was kind of shocked too, yes. but it was just it all out. This brawl. was bigger for me 
Then oh by the way Isaiah Swerve or oh Shane, Swerve, yeah Shane, Shane, Shane Strickland Swerve, Strickland however you want to say it he debuted too yes, by the way did. cool it, deal whatever. in between us yeah. anyway um this match in my opinion was the best match on the card um for a lot of and here's why in my opinion the match quality itself I don't think could have been touched mm-hmm. in, in my opinion on this show right I think you know MJF and Punk was great storytelling but technically it was just fine like it is what yeah. it is right. Um, and I thought the tag match, same thing, right? You just had, there's a lot going on in that. And I think even Hangman and Cole, I think suffered a little bit because no one thought Cole was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have my graves about that match later. But this match here, from a technical standpoint, and then the implications after with William Regal coming out, I was losing my mind with this. Because uh, you mean to tell me that we're going to give Brian and Moxley a real legitimate run as a tag team. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in their individual mentor in William Regal to kind of be a mouthpiece for two guys who don't need one. It's like a super ultra mega stacked thing that I love. Mm-hmm. So I, it is a guilty pleasure of mine when two badass single stars become a tag team, like a legit tag team mm-hmm. and then go and run for like a year or whatever. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I don't know why I do so much, but like I love the two-man power trip that lasted two months with Triple H to Stone Cold. Even though it didn't work, I loved it. Don't know why, but I do. Certain things like that, I just – I lost my mind when Regal debuted because I thought it was a perfect way, and then they came out. He does a terrible promo on Dynamite where he goes 35 minutes. But I just – everything about it, oh, so good. Best moment in the show for me. Yeah, and I just think the implication of just having this tag team now. Yeah, that's what um, like and the just, long term, they come out and they have a great little match on Dynamite, and I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, they're actually a tag team. Yeah, this but I think the great awesome. part is, we so we just mentioned the four teams, the Red Dragon, Young Bucks, uh, Lucha Bros, FTR. Yeah. Now you just insert Moxley and Brian in there. It's like, so for the next year and a half, your next five pay-per-views, yeah. and then you also have Jungle Express, who are the tag champs. Yeah. So those are your six main teams and the worst right now and they're the six. worst of the six <laughs> and you're gonna you're basically they're gonna lose the titles eventually probably two moxley and, and brian i think they need to happen sooner and i think they need to go on a it needs to be like similar to the hangman kenny thing yeah where they go on a tear but they're just ass kickers none yeah. of this good guy crap no no i want them yeah. just to they destroy people through. they beat oh. they beat the jungle express but then the next yes. pay-per-view you get lucha bros yes. one after that you get young bucks yep. ftr it's like banger Until banger 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 big t- another team where you feel like hey we're giving them momentum. We need to have that win, right? Whatever team, it doesn't matter yeah. if they're established one or not, and have that moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's very similar. It's to make these tag titles. The tag titles would not mean more than if they won the tag titles. Mm-hmm. Two former world champions in every promotion they've ever been in to then come in here and be the most dominant tag team in one of the most stacked divisions we've had in recent memory yeah. would be. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait. And I this is a can't wait. This is a perfect example God, too. So good. Of because I I because I, I will always remember yeah. this criticism that you have yeah. of after the Hangman Brian thing mm-hmm. where you're like, well, what's Brian gonna do if he loses? And yeah. you go, oh, he's just gonna go team with John Moxley in a great tag yeah. team now. And you go, okay. Think, but I also think though that he's he's had 15 matches and the three big ones he's had, he's lost. Yeah. That irritates me yeah. still to this day. But. If this is what we're going to get for the next year, is him and Moxley dominating? Yeah. 
I'll give it a pass. Exactly. It's like stuff like that where it's like yeah. you, it, 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 at the moment you go, that was kind of stupid. But yeah. then in like three months Still you go, you should have won the title and lost it again. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I mean, they, I think they should have done it differently. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, now we're just going to get this. I'm yeah. like, I, I can live with this. Nice. Um, I think also too, I think it helps Moxley a ton because it's like Moxley's been world champion. Mm-hmm. What else is he going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like to give him and like kind of give him a shot in the arm too. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Good shit. Uh, so our, our co-main, we had this Tornado six-man tag, which yeah. went it got four stars, went 13 minutes, had a whole bunch of people in it. Yeah. Um, Larry was, was just a dumpster fire of craziness. Yeah, uh, Sting jumped off of a, of a roof through tables. Insane. It was insane. insane. Uh, Darby Allen does Darby Allen things, and Sammy Guevara does Sammy Guevara things, yeah. and Andrade was in there somewhere. Yeah. And 13 minutes later, uh, Darby, yeah. Sammy, and Sting won. Next craziness i, I want to give props to sting because he's a freaking nature 62 jumping off stuff like that that's insane but once again thought this match could have been yeah anyway. and then and then the, the the comedy spot on the next wednesday when matt hardy's getting beat up and jeff hardy comes out and, starts dancing. and just starts dancing instead of just running out to help yeah. his brother died yeah. left so hard i was like this is so stupid i know <laughs> i know everyone was like oh jeff hardy's here we've known he's coming for like three months yeah like i don't he understand. said two months ago that he was yeah. coming here so um, I, but no i like i was cool yeah yeah, and we get the Hardy. And here's the thing: you can add that, throw that into the 16 yeah. pool. They're not as anywhere near as good as they are, but no. throw them and the Young Bucks together and stuff. I mean, four yeah. years ago they were in Ring of Honor having a great FTR ladder match. FTR versus the Hardys would be great. Pretty darn I'm really starting to lean heavily into my FTR fandom. They fired Tully and all that stuff, which was yeah. kind of a bummer because I think they're going to do a babyface thing. Yeah, but like Loki, really. FTR just has a lately. phenomenal match, which is I, I just you know what it is for me. They're just such a classic tag team they in are. so many ways. I love their entrance They're, music. So, it's like Midnight Expressy. Yeah. Everything about it, it's just so a F- package. FTR is one of those teams that like... I was that, not like, a big fan of WWE. Yeah. Well, well I, yeah, okay. Well, like, I, I like their... They put on great matches. There. I just didn't like the package. Like, it just felt more like they were kind of like country hickish type yeah. thing. But now they just come in like, no, no, we're just like a badass tag team. Yeah. You go, yes, they don't, yes, They don't are. like do anything that's like... Like, the Bucks have are their spot fest. Yeah. Lucha Bros are spot fest too. Yeah. And then you have like Luchasaurus, who's the big guy with the small guy. So they yeah. do like theirs. And like, then you get like FTR, who's just kind of like... They're there, they're but technically they're just like so much they're, better than everyone they else. They are it's literally, crazy. The, and I'm and I'm saying this legitimately because I think that they're trying to pattern themselves after them a little bit, especially with like their new entrance music and stuff, which I love. By the way, it's so mm-hmm. '80s. It's they're the Midnight Express. Yeah, they are. They are Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton, where they individually, you know, Bobby Eaton couldn't do a promo to save his life, but in the ring phenomenal, right? Stan Lane, same thing, or Dennis Condry, if you want to go to the original incarnation. But point being is that. They're so old school that it's new again. Mm-hmm. They do tag team wrestling. They're a tag team combination. They only work as a tag team. Individually, it doesn't, mm-hmm. they, there's nothing there, right? It's this is how it operates. And everything they do is predicated upon that. And they make it where, like, the tag titles are the most important thing mm-hmm. in the world. They're just, they're so good. And I don't think people are understanding anything. And I don't think in WWE, even in NXT where they had their runs, I didn't appreciate it as much, mm-hmm. but now where you're just like, man, everything they do, just so good, mm-hmm. so so very good. I, I I wish they were more featured, honestly. Yeah, and then um, we had our main event. We had Adam Page defeating Adam Cole. Yeah, Battle of the Atoms. Yeah, right. That was um, confusing for Jr. Adam. Yeah, uh, twenty six minutes. Got four and a half stars. Really solid match, but I don't think anybody on planet Earth that lives here. Yeah. Thought. I had one I had one big complaint about this match. Okay. Okay. This is my only complaint. I thought the match itself was really, really good. Yeah. Except for one part. Okay. Where 
Red Dragon comes out. Okay. Okay. And interferes. Okay. I don't. If if you're going to do that, okay, then it makes Cole and by de facto Red Dragon now mm-hmm. look stupid. Yeah. Because they couldn't beat him. Yeah. It's the same thing they happened at, in a couple years ago at Takeover mm-hmm. when Gargano beat him. Where I go, you had every interference in the book, and yet he still couldn't beat Gargano. And then just the next month, mm-hmm. he beats him clean. And you go, I'm very confused. Yeah. I didn't think it needed this. If you're going to beat him, beat him. Just have it be a straight-up thing, right? Yeah. Rather than hurt a whole trio of guys with Hangman beating him. That was my only thing where I go – because, like, I understood why they do it to make people feel, oh, Cole's going to steal it here. But, like, in my mind, I'm like, I never rose above, like, a six because mm-hmm. I was like, he's not – He's not gonna do yeah. it. Like it just. Uh, yeah, like, I think I don't build. I think it. that's a complaint that like you yeah. have, but I yeah. think I think there were more. I want to say casual fans. Yeah. Like I do think there are people that would buy in to once the once once yes. it happens. Like me and you yeah. sit there and I go, Cole's literally zero percent no chance of winning it. So like I sit there and I go, you could have a hundred interferences like the Bullet Club does in New Japan, yeah. and I go, this guy's still not gonna win. Yeah. I don't I I don't care what happens, he's not gonna right. win. I know. Um, but there are some people when interference start happening, it's like, oh maybe they yeah. will pull. And like there there's go from like a zero to like an eight where it's yeah. like, oh you're gonna hit that the, the yeah. shining yeah. wizard knee thing or whatever, yeah. and it's like. With all the interference, maybe he just squeaks out. And I thought I'm dying. the story was great. I yeah. thought they executed, and I thought they had the best match they possibly could have, considering a two-week build and knowing that there's no way Cole's winning this. Year. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I still have my issues with the fact that they went here as early as they did, but that's another. That's I digress. But overall, that was my only thing. I was like, well, why? You don't need him. Like, why bring him out if yeah. he's not gonna? If he's not going to steal it here, mm-hmm. which is not gonna happen. Why do it? Mm-hmm. Because other, now you didn't get heat for anybody. You didn't get heat for Red Dragon, who just lost in the tag team title match. You didn't get heat for Cole, because he's going to lose clean. And so it's like, what? It'd be one thing, because like Dark Order came out and didn't do anything. It was just a big schmoz and a whole big thing, right? Like, it would have been one thing if Dark Order tries to help him and costs panties him. Something to spin it off, but we didn't get any spin off from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was my other thing, was like, you didn't need to have that. You're going to have Paige win, and beat him. Yeah. Just put on that four and a half star match and beat him. You could yeah. tease the false finishes the same way. He didn't need it. Mm-hmm. That was my only thing. I just felt like that one part was like it's like, no, don't do this. Like don't make don't make one of your top tag teams and then one of your top heels look mm-hmm. dumb losing on a three to one effort. Yeah. That was my only problem. Um but yeah, so then that that match happens and then the dynamite after. Yeah. Um and this is where so I didn't really put the punk thing con- together because he won and I was like Punk has to be at a pay per view, so that's a really long time till Double or Nothing. Because Double or Nothing's not until like end of May or something. Yeah. So I'm like, we're gonna go two and a half months of Punk and Hangman stuff, and then Cole came right out. I was like, I'm gonna challenge you again, blah blah blah, and do whatever. Because whatever, right. you you get another match yeah. for losing, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Uh, that makes sense. They don't have the WWE rule where they don't get immediate rematches anymore. Yeah, I know. I guess so. <laughs> so um, so yeah. So they're gonna do another promo, probably a Battle of the Belts. I'm assuming or something. They're gonna have a match or whatever yeah. because at the the St. Paddy's Day tag, yeah. whatever ritual they have in that six-man six tag, so I that'll probably Cole, lead. It. Cole, I guess Cole gets the win there. Cole gets a win there, so that leads into their probably match of Battle of the Belts. Probably into Red Dragon versus Young Jurassic Bucks at the, no Jurassic oh, Jurassic Jurassic at the right. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, but yeah, so you get that at Battle of the Belts probably, and then Battle of Belts I think is in like April. So then you can, can start a month and tag titles ready, please. Can we just get six-man tag titles? Yeah, can we just please get them? Please. We've had eight TNT titles. We've had three women's titles we've had one world title 
Just give me the damn yeah. I I heard that they're I heard a report that they're waiting for Kenny to come back. I was like, because they're waiting for Kenny to come back because they want to do Kenny and the Young Bucks versus Red Dragons at Cole. Okay, well, well, like, why can't you do? <laughs> fine. I'll wait. Ugh, hey, fine. listen. If that's our if that's a main if that's event, that's the end destination. Months, it's fine. I guess. Yeah, I'll but... take it. But I just really want it to happen. Kenny died. Like, come on. Like, yeah, he's got like uh, thirty gajillion injuries. It's gonna be a minute. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. so so great I'll, for the show. Yeah, uh, great for the show. I'd give it an A minus. That's where I was at. I was at an A minus. Yeah. yeah, I think without the, it's unfortunate to say without like the two women's matches. I think top to bottom, and I think the the world title women's match just hurt because it was after the dog collar match, and like yeah, nothing you can do yeah. there. Like yeah. you're just kind of screwed out of that one. Yeah. Uh, but if you would have moved the TBS title to like Dynamite before or after, mm-hmm. and then that match was placed just differently. I, I think also it, got rid of the six man tag too. Yeah, if you, yeah. Like I said, if you got rid of the six man tag, but then here's the thing: like the the way because you would have done dog collar and then Brian and Moxley. I think you still would have killed the women's match if oh, that like yeah. happened no, after. Absolutely. So like the women's match is going to die if it's uh-huh. in that second half of the show anyway. Especially if you don't do a title change. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, that's think, that's yeah. the only gripe on the show I have. Everything yeah. else I thought was stellar from top to bottom. Yeah, this is a very good show. Very good show. They delivered uh, in all fronts. Really, I thought it was yeah. good, and I thought we had a lot of stuff coming out of that dynamite too which was good um yeah yeah, yeah. Solid show all the way through we really can't complain all right let's shift focus here let's talk baseball we are going oh, to have baseball this season mike that's crazy uh, i did not think we were going to actively you know we talked about it i think last week or two weeks ago where we're like you know are we actually even going to get like a team this year you know the tigers yeah. finally go out and go crazy and then they're like nah never mind we're just not gonna be able to agree to anything we got larger bases now. That's one of the things that they apparently agreed upon. There's, you know, I, I heard they had the everyone gets a DH now. Yeah, yeah, which universal DH. Universal finally, DH. Finally, yeah. finally, that's the dumbest rule ever. The mm-hmm. National League just doesn't have it. You know. Yeah. Shohei Otani's like, I mean, it doesn't matter to me, but like, yeah. <laughs> it's like I just won't bet. I guess sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we got baseball back, which is huge, right? So we're gonna have a small spring training session, I think, and then we're gonna go right into the season. Yeah, but I believe opening day is set for April seventh. Yeah, so we, it's a, it's a short turnaround. Yeah, right? it's gonna be quick. Um, but I'm excited though, right? And yeah. I know the players were are are pumped and everything's ready to go. But talking about this Tigers team in particular, we're we're kind of starting to see some predictions on possible starting lineups mike i know you have that let's run through that real fast here and kind of talk about expectations going into the season yeah so uh let's see tony dombro dombrowski dombrowski yeah yeah, my who knows names anymore (laughs) um he he threw out his projected opening day roster i think this is probably pretty close to what the opening day roster at least at least most of it and i think it should be be the opening day roster so honestly (laughs) when you look at this um but yeah, so in the outfield, we'll start with the outfield because I yep. think it's like so we have Akil Badu playing um, right field. <laughs> I, I had to like turn my body to figure out if it was right or left field. So we have Akil Badu playing right field. We have Robbie Gross playing left field, and we got Riley Green coming up to playing center field, starting center field for us. Yeah. Um, Such a freak athletically. Third base, we have Jamer Candelario. Yep. Shortstop, we have Javier Baez, the uh, the Javi. new pickup. Javi. Yep. 
Um, second base, we got Jonathan Scope. And first base, we have Spencer Tolkelson. So we're pulling up both Tolkelson and Riley Green. Yeah. Our starting pitchers projected to be Casey Mize, which yeah. will be Casey Mize. Yeah. Um, at catcher, we got Tucker Barnhart. Yes. Is, he's um, a freak. He's, 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 he's a freak he's, athlete. Yeah, yeah. He's all defense, dude. And then our DH, because we have universal the DH, man, is the big man, Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, so. I love it. No, th- that's, it sounds, you know, it's funny to say it, right? But just a couple you know, tweaks here and there, and you're like, oh, man, look at this yeah. team. I, I look at this team, and I go, now, batting-wise, could be hit or miss, depending on yeah. what Tolkelson and Riley Green day, Yeah, right? depending <laughs> on the day, because I think there's going to be a lot of days where you get a lot of guys not batting well. Yeah. But I think, in total, I think this, I think defensively, you have a nice mix this of... defense is going to be real nice. Yeah. Because we can't do the shift anymore. That's another rule, for yeah. whatever reason. You can't hit, you can't make shifts, which I think is... That's crazy. I feel like that's like... It's like, that's oh, like, so no strategy in the game? Yeah, okay, I know. It's like, like it takes out... It's like in the NBA, it's like you can't play zone anymore. Victor Martinez is pissed because yeah. he would hit into the shift constantly. constantly. And I'd be like, he's probably retired. I was like, son of a... I could have had... One more contract worth of big money if no yeah. one, I didn't have to hit into the shift every time I got up there. Yeah, but I think I think this team has a great mix of youth with like a Kilbadu, Riley Green, Spencer Tolkelson, yeah. with like Javier Baez and and more experience, Robbie Grossman and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I love the opening. Defensively, really defensively, I love gloves that. everywhere. Yeah. Javier Baez, Barnhart was a Gold Glove guy. Um, Scopes a very serviceable second baseman, and they really really kind of. You know, I know they're not in the market to sign anybody else big. That's kind of come from ownership. They don't want to spend any more money. You know, I know Carlos Correa is still out there. Now, that would have been awesome. But the fact that they're now, they've kind of shirt up the middle of the infield, right? Scope has mm-hmm. played second base a ton. Um, a- along with Javi Baez coming in, Candy coming into third, you really have a really solid defensive squad all the way through. Like, you really do. The fact that you don't have to have – mishmash of guys playing shortstop and second base next year because scope was playing first Mm -hmm. is going to help this team immensely absolutely immensely you're gonna have speed everywhere um i'm really excited this Mm -hmm. is the first year tiger baseball we're really looking forward to you going hey they went and spent some money yeah they were aggressive um and i hope and i really do i really hope that they bring up riley green and torkelson like yeah it's a it's gonna be a little bit of a condensed season why not like Mm -hmm. seriously why not nah, you don't tell me right now well it's like we've got you know ian kinsler who can play that or like we've got guys in the front of them still that can play you don't you don't have people who can play at that at those spots so it's probably best to just get it done and mm-hmm. get these guys up here so do you what do you think you, you think a 500 baseball club this year yeah so i i think if that's your lineup from day if that's your opening day lineup yeah, that's, let's let's hope and pray that that is Day in and day out, relatively, your lineup, obviously, yeah. catcher notwithstanding. Yeah. Um, I would assume, pitcher, so I mean, last yeah. year you had 78. I would assume this year. 78 wins last year? Yeah. Holy crap. Good um, you see that now it's like fact check, but I'm pretty sure it was 78. Yeah. Um, But if if this holds true, I guess. I mean, I, I think like they were. I think there, you're but, right. But uh, Detroit, I, I just I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, if, if uh, 78 is the true number here, that I believe they should be around 80 four 85 wins Mm -hmm. at the least i usually don't go more than like more than 10 games more than what you get the the year before because i think that's a little bit of a stretch to ask for a team Mm -hmm. but unless you yeah unless if you got both javier and uh carlos crowd then maybe i'm like okay maybe you could Mm -hmm. like up that a little more but yeah (laughs) but uh as of um i think i think probably 84 wins probably i i kind of hope that they're you know they're above 500 right and i hope that they're right in that mix at the end right i think the division um is winnable 
Um, and I, I and I think they're going to start peaking at the right time. And I think that uh, AJ Hinch is really going to have them going. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think this is going to be an exciting season. I think it's going to be the first year in a, quite a while that the Tigers baseball can be like, hey, let's go, man. Like we're we're ready to go, man. This is probably the first time they spent major money like this probably since um, the first year Iavila was in as the GM spot where they signed Ryan Zimmerman, Justin Upton, and that was a mm-hmm. total, utter, complete disaster. Um, so let's hope that doesn't happen here. But I really think that they've done the due diligence here. They've signed some guys, like I said, got gold gloves everywhere. Yep. You know. Yeah, Tigers 77 wins. What was last year? Yeah, last yeah. year, and they were third in the AL Central. Royals had 74, Twins had 73. Mm-hmm. Guardians, who were one above them, had 80, and the White Sox obviously won the division at 93 wins. Yeah. But, so, yeah, it's going to be them and the White Sox probably pretty close. Um, yeah. But it's going to be exciting, though, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for yeah, this. good. Okay. All right, let's shift focus here. NFL offseason is going to dictate our conversations for the next two weeks at bare minimum. Um, let's talk Let's talk trades first because that's – oh, boy. Oh, boy. There was a lot to it. Um, so let's, let's talk the first domino here. Let's try to go somewhat in order here. So first thing that happens, Aaron Rodgers announces okay. he's coming back. Yes. And he's also going to get paid $50 million a year. I have one question, Mike. And they also franchise tag Devontae Adams. How? How are they going to do this? I don't understand. There's only so much restructuring you can do. And there's, I, w- I want to put this out there, too, because I think it's kind of forgotten about in a lot of conversations when people talk about contracts in the NFL. The only way to do a restructure and convert things into signing bonuses and to guarantee money and stuff is if ownership has the cash available to give to that player. Mm-hmm. So – the team has to be liquid in some sense monetarily to do some of these things. I think that's always kind of forgotten about. Like the owner of the team has to pay this to people. Yeah. You know like, sorry, I mean? you have to go pay. Tw- can you pay this guy $22 million? No, like, so we seriously, can- though, it's like, hey, we need to like the Saints have all this fluidity because ownership and the city, you know, they've, you know, like they're like they're fluid. They're, they have cash on hand mm-hmm. to do these restructures. I don't obviously Green Bay doesn't have an owner, so I don't know how the hell that works. I don't know what goes into that um, with the whole everyone's an owner, you know, the stupid Packer thing. I am an owner. I got one share, blah, blah, blah. But like <laughs> everyone's paying a dollar to like, yeah, right. So, so I'm saying though, so it's like, I don't know how that works, but it's very interesting that that portion of it. But I have, I have spent time on spot track trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, I don't know if they're going to negotiate Zedarius and Preston Smith down. Are they just going to cut Zedarius yeah, so together? Every time I've been on spot track oh. to try to mess with it, basically. $20 million to Devontae Adams, by the way. Yeah, so basically, and that was with Devontae Adams. Like, yeah. I, like that was them adding him. Yeah. Um, basically, it came down to like having to cut like Randall Cobbs, Zedarius Smith, Preston Smith, Dean Lowry, and yeah. like I think Adrian, Adrian Amos. Amos, I think, yeah. was the other guy. And then you got to like. Nine hundred and sixty thousand. Yeah, and here's when you cut it all down. The reports coming out with Rogers deal too is that like, well, it's supposed to be very team friendly. I'm like, okay, but there's no way he's gonna have a cap hit of like two million dollars. So yeah, so I think his first year, actually, I can look it up. I think his first year is like a cap of thirty four. Yeah, and then the second year is like forty two or something. Okay, let me ask you this too while you're doing that real fast, and then we'll get to the rest. There's a lot of stuff to go over in this off season this week. It's been crazy. Um, Should they have brought him back? Um, like really, like honestly, like, and this is not coming from the jaded Lions fan who just wishes that he would just go away already. But like, honestly, do you think? I, I mean, with some of the moves that they're going to have to make, and, and maybe this is a question better answered. So if you want to hold off until we finally see the roster, mm-hmm. 
in my mind, I don't see how they're going to be better. I just read a report today that he may want to keep Randall Cobb. Yeah. How the hell are you going to – like, what? He's, a, he's got a $6 million cap hit that they can – or mm-hmm. he, he, they could cut him and save, like, $7 million. How the hell can you justify bringing Randall Cobb back when he was completely useless for you all year? Yeah, I, I – the only argument I have – and this is why when we talk trades, I think some trades are better than what people think. Yeah. It's the NFC is so, so bad yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Where I think to an extent... So you're telling me the Lions got a chance. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not necessarily. But when you look at the Packers and you go, yeah. who do the Packers have to beat next year? And you kind of come down to the Rams and 49ers. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I just like name me another team that scares you if you're Green but, Bay. But, so but like, if you're, is the goal to win the NFC or is the goal to win? But I think, like, yeah, it, my like, thing is, yeah. so it's if you get into a situation. Okay, so say, so the Rams hypothetically are the one seed next year, right? Because yeah. they're probably going to return yeah. a bunch of well, people. We, I mean, put the respect on the name; they're the champs. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they're the one seed. That means the 49ers cannot be more than five. Right. So if the three and if the two three. F- uh, two, three, five, all win. Yeah. That means in the divisional round, yeah. the the Rams and the 49ers, the 49ers play each other in the divisional. Right. Meaning that the Packers are playing Dallas in the divisional. Yeah. Okay, so they could beat Dallas. Oh, then yeah. you only have to get through the Rams or 49ers. Now they haven't been able to do that. Right. I'm not throwing that out there. Yeah, I don't know if they. I, right. I don't but know the, if I would say that. But the path there. is easier now. If you don't bring them back, you're just you know, dying for 10 years. So, and the NFC might get better in the next 10 years where you I don't just, know. I, it, now, also, you only have like two years of this and then you're going to have to blow it up and then you're just going to be awful for 15 years. Well, you're like where the Lakers are, yeah. where like once you blow it up officially, you're going to be done for like 15 years. Yeah. Like it's just kind of how it is. what's crazy to me too is it's like, I don't see where like the team is going to be better to give you a chance to do like – Rodgers was the MVP last year. Shouldn't have been, but he was. And they still couldn't get it done. Now, yeah. once again, right, there's a lot of factors that go into it. I get that. But I just feel like now you've wasted that first round pick. Like, what are you going to do with Jordan Love? Are you going to trade him? Probably. Like, you have to, right? What do you do? You can't just be like, oh, we're going to sign him to an extension. For what? Mm-hmm. The dude wants to play. Now, I don't know if he's very good, mm-hmm. but he wants to play. Someone's going to give you – like. It's just so yeah. confusing. Here's, yeah, and here's the thing. I think this this deal will all be in hindsight because in the next two years, if they get to a Super Bowl and or win a Super Bowl, it'll yeah, be like, all right, yeah, it's worth good. It. Yeah. But if you don't, yeah, and, it's, I, and it's a thousand percent predicated. Yeah, on it's a thousand percent. It's yes. for the next two years. It's the last dance that they posted last yeah, year. I don't think he knows what the last dance means. I don't think so either. <laughs> but it's the last dance where yeah. in one of these next two years, probably it's oh. either you have to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Or you you just ruin Green Bay for the next like twelve years, and no matter what, you basically ruin Green Bay for the next much. twelve years. But yep. um, but yeah, if no, you get a Super Bowl, they're... then you're then you're like, all right, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Second, Second move that happens literally seven seconds after. Literally twelve yeah. seconds. Yeah. Literally, which was really funny because watching like FS1 and all yeah. the sports stuff, so everyone was like, oh, Rogers, Rogers, Rogers. This happens, and everyone went, did Rogers? Nothing happened with Rogers. Yeah, Let's right, talk about okay. this one. So Rogers is staying. He's yeah. a big, he's a prima donna asshole. Okay, cool. Let's yeah, all right. This one, this one's more important. So your boy Russell, yeah, Russell Wilson, Wilson is no longer a Seattle Seahawk. He's a Denver Bronco. He yeah. went goes in exchange for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris. Two firsts and two, two seconds? seconds and a fifth. Okay, and then I think yeah, and Seattle gets and, 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 and Broncos Broncos get a fourth or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's the crux of the deal. Anyway, um, first off, whoa, that was wild. Second of all, um, wow. Third of all, Denver still, or maybe at best, is the second best team in that division. <laughs> 
that crazy, though? Yeah, um, I, would, I would tend to say probably third best team oh, in the division. Boy. But... So, thoughts on the trade? Obviously, Ross had to waive his no-trade clause. Uh, he's already said goodbye to Seattle, so obviously it's going through. None of this, stuff, by the way, is official until uh, Wednesday when the league year opens. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he's already he's already said goodbye. Yeah, everything's yeah, it's, it's done. It's done. Um, Drew Locke's going to be the new quarterback in Seattle. Rams and 49ers fans rejoice. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank God. <laughs> um, Russ goes to a new team. You know, you kind of feel like Seattle's blowing up. They also released Bobby Wagner. But on the Denver side, they're really going all in here. They haven't had a quarterback worth a damn since Peyton. Um, they've had 18 I was going to say, they can't then. draft one, so they, they got to get they one They literally somehow. can't. Paxton Lynch was their first-round pick, and he's playing for the Michigan Panthers now as the backup to Shea Patterson. <laughs> um, so... Talk to me about this move, your thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's a lot. But at the same time, Denver's like, we're going all in. We need a quarterback. Yeah. And Vic Fangio, the former coach, has got to be like, screw all of it. Because I had to go <laughs> um, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, Denver had to make this move. Yeah, Like, they have to make this move. Yeah. Because you're not going to be competitive in the slightest with the Chargers or Chiefs. At the very worst, in your own division with Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. So Denver had to make this move. Uh, I think it was the right move for Seattle to make. I actually think in the long term, it's going to work out better for Seattle than it will work out for Denver. Because I don't think Denver's... The AFC is stacked. I don't think Denver's making out of the first round. They're not even the best team in their division. They're the third best team in their division. Like roster-wise. And they're probably the fifth sixth best team in the conference when you talk about the ravens being wow. fully healthy and the bills yeah and even you could throw in the titans titans are really good too yeah, titans, uh, we're the so, one seed the yeah. titans were the one seed so you're looking at six the titans are looking at ryan Tannehill right now though i'm going and you really just don't stack up do yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got these six quarterbacks yeah. and then this is That'd you like huh mahomes josh allen lamar russell wilson herbert and you go Ryan Tannehill. Oh, and then you go also like even Derek Carr is better than you. Yeah. It's like and no one's talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, like, Joe Burrow's better Joe than Joe Burrow's you. on the rise. Son of a <laughs> yeah, you're like, how do we have the ninth best quarterback in this right? on this conference? Oh um Derek Henry's like, My foot hurts. No, it does not. You <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you shut your face. Um but yeah, I thought I thought it was a crazy trade. I actually saw it so like I saw it like an hour early mm-hmm. on one of those like yeah. fake like funny you pages me. you texted me and you just went wow wow and i yeah. went what and i went oh shit. but like i saw it no because like someone like jokingly yeah. posted about it yeah. and i was like oh yeah that's funny yeah. and then like an hour later bleach report posted, and I went, oh that's yeah real that was wild yeah. but yeah i i mean i think it was about time for it to happen um yeah. seattle's i don't necessarily think in a rebuild oh, as, definitely as i i would say it's more like a retool because i think they still had pieces there that work you read holmes yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, mean, well, I was gonna say no. The Lions were in a rebuild. Yeah. Like they they cut off like half the roster. Yeah. The Seattle literally just lost two of their old people and yeah. are just trying to get younger and. Yeah. I mean, younger. yeah. So in, in the in the but, move for Seattle, right? Clears up a ton of cap. Number one, that's yes. the first thing, right? They've got the third most cap right now in the NFL going into free agency. Um, what's interesting though, I think about this move more than anything else, I think though, is the fact that, um, Pete Carroll's seventy. Yeah. And I know everyone's like, well, he's even said, he's like, I don't know why people keep bringing him in. Because you're 70. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look like you're 56, which good for you. But, mm-hmm. like, you're 70. I can't imagine any 70-year-old, a la Bill Belichick, is like, I want to go through a rebuild. Hell no. He went no. and he's like, I'm going to figure out no, how the hell but, this is. Yeah. Like, you know like, I mean? like, I, like I've stated, yeah. though, is I don't think you're, like, 
necessarily like a whole team away. I think I think you're like like they we're gonna go through that. What they take a quarterback? And no, no, I don't. I don't believe so. so. I think they're gonna roll with Drew Lock. Or, yeah, Drew, Lock. Drew Lock. Whatever. Yeah. You wish it was Andrew. I wish I was Andrew Lock. <laughs> no, because that man retires a week before the season starts and ruins my fantasy hopes and dreams. I can't. I, I can't it. wish for Andrew Luck. I love it. Um, Drew Lock. I think they roll with him for a year. Yeah. I think next year you have two probably pretty stud quarterbacks that come out anyway. Yeah, and with two, just, you think they just tank this season pretty much, and then they. Try I to mean, yeah, you 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 do what you can with Drew Lock. Obviously, he probably won't get you more than four or five wins. Yeah. And then if he stays healthy, yeah, on the field. And yeah. you you win like you know you're picking number five or six. Yeah. If you know Bryce Young or yeah. C.J. Stroud or just that guy, you yeah. package up your two first rounders, try to jump up a little bit, and then try to take one of those two guys. I think it's probably what you're going to end up doing. Second, um, okay, other part of this, right? I, some, some people, people talked about, about the compensation, right? And we're like, wow, Denver gave up a lot. I think, and I think the compensation helped a lot for Seattle. Oh, yeah. Because I think getting yeah. a tight end, a star tight end, yes. Sheldon, uh, Sheldon, Sheldon Harris, who's a Harris, serviceable who's defensive Really lineman. good defensive yeah. lineman, and getting a quarterback to at least Come plop in, in yes. like a Jared Goff style, Correct. where you could have him for a year, and he's cheap. He's only getting paid like $4 million or something. Yeah. yeah. So he, you're not paying your quarterback really anything to be able to then go find your next quarterback. Well, I think it's a great idea. No, I, I, no, no doubt about it. it. I think if Seattle is going to do this, you need to do it all the way. Like, yes. Don't half ass do it. Like, yeah. You know Give me to Bobby Wagner because he's right. getting paid $25 million right. of cap this year. So it was like, get rid of him. You save, Bobby here, man. Yeah, but, save a lot um, of money on that. So, and you have a guy like Jordan Brooks who's kind of filled that. Jordan spot. Brooks can fill that. You can, there's a whole, this is, you picked like the right class of linebackers and like yes. linemen. Yes. And they're that, like, have moves. And the, pro, the funny thing is, some people are trying to be like, yeah, well, Seattle always misses on their first round picks. I go, yeah, but in theory, this is still a good deal. Yeah. You're going to get players. Well, Seattle hasn't picked north of 20 in like nine years yeah like it's really hard to hit a 27 yeah. and just be really good with it normally i mean it's, well, rashad penny was rough that rashad was penny that was, was rough that was a bad pick yeah <laughs> but like jordan brooks has been good yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's like it's much easier when you're picking number eight every year remember, to be able to hit somebody i remember when i was at the blind drafted party they took rashad penny and we went what the hell like, yeah it was funny anyway um no the um the conversation was interesting though right because people are talking about this now I don't know necessarily if Russ stays in Seattle or not, depending on what happens with Matthew Stafford in the Rams. However, I do think it's a big-ass discerning factor, though. Not necessarily the compensation. I think Russ is a better quarterback than Matt Stafford. It has proven to be that year in and year out for mm-hmm. the most part. I would say last year, not so much. But this year, overall throughout his career, yeah. he's he's been very good. He's yes. been a top-five guy consistently, right? So the compensation I don't necessarily think is extravagant. Right, and assuming he's going to come back into form. Mm-hmm. However, I do think the desperation for some of these teams to go get a guy like a Rodgers, who we thought was available, or a Russ, right? I don't think necessarily the compensation is as high, and or if this move gets made, if Stafford and Brady don't go back to back on brand new teams and win Super Bowls, yeah, is that agree? Do you agree I, or disagree? So I agree with that to an extent. Um, I also think Denver just looks at well, they their conference. Yeah, John and goes, like. I can't draft them, so you're going to need to go. Well, yeah, them. it comes into I can't draft them, but also it's like like we can't yeah. roll with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and oh, be yeah. Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert, Herbert and stuff. Derek Carr, and Derek Carr, right? relatively. Yeah. So it's like we need a guy yes. that can at least try to – so it's like it was really like Seattle, what do you want? And we'll give you almost yeah. anything yeah. outside so of like – two weeks in the making apparently, yeah. which also signals to me that Rodgers is knowing what he was going to do for two weeks because yeah. otherwise, I mean like, come on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, it's just an interesting 
dynamic. And now, let me ask you this, though, on the Russ side of it. Mm-hmm. We talked at nauseum. A, because it was from here, right? Mm-hmm. Stafford left here. But is it imperative that Russ takes them to the Super Bowl now for him? Or, like, because, like, it's one of those things where it's like, if he if he doesn't, I'm not talking about next year in mm-hmm. particular, but just in general, as long as he's there, I'm assuming he's going to sign a new deal at some yeah. point there. Is it imperative for him, like Rodgers now, you have to get it done. Mm-hmm. Somebody has invested the world yeah. in your hands yeah. and said, take us there. We'll, we'll deal with the repercussions later. Tampa's like, well, we got we got a Super Bowl out of it. It is what it is. Rams are like, yep, we got it. We did it. It's worth it. And Denver's like, we have to do it now at yeah. some point while you're here. And Green Bay is similar. Do you think that the pressure is on these two quarterbacks in particular? We're going to talk about the third trade in a second here, but not so much. Um, but in those two in particular, do you feel like you are a top five at your position? Mm-hmm. It is now your responsibility to go get us there. And if you don't, it's a failure. Uh, I think it is pretty important. I don't think it's like I, – I don't think if, if he well, doesn't get there. Well, they're both Hall of Famers. I yeah. know that. Yeah, like, like I don't think if he doesn't do it, it's yeah. not going to kill you or anything. Yeah. But, like, I think it's I think it's relatively important that you at least, yeah. like, get to a couple get championship games. Like, yeah. get there, like, kind of like – be around the circuit of it. If you're a uh, six or seven seed and you get knocked out round, in the first yeah. round next two or three years, then you're like, wow. okay, that's yeah, that's rough. That's yeah. a tough one to go. And so. I think that that's kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you follow Seattle a lot closer than I do, obviously. Yeah. But like, I haven't seen Russ lately, right, in the playoff times, show up and play mm-hmm. banana like bananas, bananas. Like, no, you know, we talked really. talk a few years ago, right, where like he had that 20 touchdown spurt where you're mm-hmm. going, no one can stop these guys. Mm-hmm. And then they go and lose the Rams in the division in the first round. You go, yeah. what is happening? Yeah. Right? Do you think he needs that? Like, because he won the first one as kind of a non-factor, right? Like, the defense really kind of got him yeah. through there. He did just – he did what he was supposed to. He did his job. But as it kind of became more his team, right, mm-hmm. they got to another Super Bowl, right? They, they've, you know, they got some screw finishes, whatever. But, like, the success was kind of there. But – we haven't seen him go on that tear. Rodgers had that tear in 2010. Stafford had it this year. Brady's had it a gajillion times. You know, every quarterback that's won it is like, you know, in some portion has like, okay, that was he had those moments, yeah. right, or something. We haven't seen that from Russ. Do you mm-hmm. think that that's coming? Do you think we need to see that still in some – like, the numbers speak for themselves. I get it. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But I think that's the one thing that you're kind of missing mm-hmm. from Russell Wilson is that – Stretch of games when it matters the most, where he just he's like, nope, that ain't happening. Yeah. I am the guy. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll. I mean, I guess I'll hope I get it this year. Yeah. Or like one of these next couple of years. I just don't think. I just don't think he's really that kind of guy in general. Isn't As that a, weird. It, it's weird because I like I look at him through most of his yeah. time as that guy, but then at the same time I go, I think like without the team insulated, I don't think he. I don't think he necessarily always just carries. Yeah. People right to places, you know, right. like yeah. like I think like he needed. He, I mean, he needed a lot of help his two Super Bowl runs yeah. with the defense, obviously. But then like since then, like you said, I, I just it's like a weird. Like, he's I think he's weird, really good. Yeah. He's a weird player, he, I think, because yeah, it's he, hard to evaluate because I think the numbers are there, and I think the winning seasons yeah. and all that stuff, but, like, and you consider him, when you said Russell, you go, oh, yeah, top five. Yeah. But 
And then you look at it, you go, but yeah, but what what makes him it's, top five? It's really the same the same same thing as Rodgers. Yeah, it's like he gets to the playoffs, and all of a sudden it's just like that one team. Yeah. just has the formula to yeah. beat you, and it's just yeah. like man, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Weird? It's weird. Yeah, and well, they run into it every year. Like there was a stretch where Seattle ran into like the four straight teams that went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They played in the playoffs. It was like they played Carolina, Atlanta. Um, they didn't make the playoffs, and then they played the 49ers, who eventually yeah. got there. It was like four straight years where it was just like, man, I just run into the Super Bowl team in the yeah. divisional round, and I right. just can't beat them, you know? Right. So it was just like, it's just one of those things. Yeah. It's just I'm, I'm expecting him to have his best season as a pro in the next two years. And the reason why I say that is I because, because I think at least statistically, here's why I say that. I think that if he's healthy, and I think that Hackett, assuming he's the guy, right, I think they're going to open up the playbook, and then they're going to let him – be him yeah and i think he felt like he was being held down mm-hmm. in seattle and i think that's i think that's why he kind of was like i'm ready to go i think he was like i don't think we can win by running the ball anymore because well we can't <laughs> you know what i mean so i'm expecting him to have career high numbers and attempts i'm expecting him career high numbers hopefully in passing touchdown i'm expecting him to really go goo goo bananas mm-hmm. this year barring injury obviously yeah. so um you know, we kind of saw it with Stafford. We saw it with, with Tom, right? Mm-hmm. I think that we need to see that out of Russ for yeah. it to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's the Russell Wilson that we think in our minds is what's happening. Yeah. You're in and you're out. All right. Last quarterback trade. And then I want to talk about the other one, too, the Khalil Mack one, um, but, which was awesome for Lions fans. Um, which is awesome in general. Carson Wentz leaving the Colts to go to the Washington Commanders. Washington was missed out on Stafford. Mm-hmm. Mark Mayhew, by the way, is the GM for Washington, which is hilarious. Missed out on Stafford. Missed out on Russ because Russ went, I don't want to go to Washington. They offered three firsts for Russ, and Russ has went hard pass. So they get Carson Wentz. Wow, how the mighty have fallen on this one. Um, Yeah, Colts obviously taking a big L on that trade with the Eagles Mm -hmm. because they gave away a first round. They're getting a couple thirds back. I think they swapped seconds or something stupid. Thoughts at all on this? Does this help Washington at all in this? Does it even get them to be in contention to win the division? Are they still even the? Are they the second best team? Are they the third best team? I think it's debatable with with. I think yeah. I think them and the Eagles are co second and third. Yeah, and, and the I think are a distant fourth. Yes. Yeah. And I think I think Washington will be in a game with Dallas in like week sixteen. Yeah. Where it's like okay, like Dallas is nine and seven, mm-hmm. Washington's. Eight and seven, seven, yeah. eight, whatever. Yeah. And it's like if Washington wins, you have a slight chance at winning the division. And Carson Wentz is going to go, three oh, picks. three picks. Here it goes. <laughs> like that's just a Carson Wentz strain, Isn't and and then they won't make the playoffs, or there'll be a seventh seed and get obliterated by the Packers or whatever. Yeah, I this quarterback carousel thing. You know, I, I just read a report today. Colts are looking at maybe Marcus Mariota as being the answer at quarterback. They're also looking at maybe trying nice to seven trade, years for, ago. trade for Kirk Cousins if he's available, which, oof, okay. Um, yeah, a lots of craziness happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, do you predict that any more quarterbacks moving? I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was not anticipating Russ moving that fast, mm-hmm. I guess. Was my I, I don't think another quarterback moves. I think the only one that was – Maybe going to move was Jimmy Garoppolo, but now he's yeah. getting shoulder surgery. I still think he may be on the So I, I, I think that's that's, that's just like a like yeah. if someone does go on the move, it will probably be him. Mm-hmm. But that's a tough the ask fact for a that team. We're to talking trade. about Marcus Mariota as being the primary option for a team to be the starter mm-hmm. is insane to me. Yeah, nothing against Marcus. Yeah, but but he I'll, had his shot. 
and it didn't work. Yeah, I don't think I don't think another team no. moves off their quarterback or does anything. Does this impact the draft at all? Do you think for quarterbacks? You got Seattle now. No, because um, I think oh, you know who could actually. Uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be out there somewhere. Oh, yes. I forgot That's about enough. that. Thank you for bringing that up. I would have totally missed on that. So he gets cleared of all criminal charges. Uh, we're not going to get into whether that's okay or not. That's not part of our yeah, show. But, he, but, but teams but are now – he's back in play, yeah. right? He's, he's, he's acquitted of everything, so – um, I would see. Are going, I would see like, like a Panthers are just. Okay. Please. Let me ask you this. I'm gonna ask it once, and I know it's a stupid question, but we got to get it out there because it's been on the Twitterverse. Okay. Should the Lions go after Deshaun Watson? Um, I think you should make an offer for Deshaun Watson. Okay. What is what in your mind? Do you think you because it's gonna have to be a lot. Now here's the thing. So Stafford gets traded for two firsts, a third, and Goff. Yeah. Russ now is two firsts, two seconds, quarterback, tight end. So. Four, four or five picks and a player or two. Yeah. The Texans need help everywhere. Mm-hmm. What gets it done for Deshaun? Yes, yeah, so that's that's the hard part is how much you give up. Yeah. I think I think it's so you give two firsts. Yeah. Um, Which you could do. If you're the Lions, you very easily give up. Well, that's what I mean because you have two firsts two first this and next year. Yeah. So you could very easily give up two three firsts if you really have to. Yeah. Um, and then probably a couple seconds and maybe a late like a fourth or fifth yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think, but I think you throw. Now here's the thing: is he has a no trade clause. Yeah. So th- the odds are that he would look at that trade and go hard pass. Yeah. But well, he's gonna look and go. I don't want to go to Detroit. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So, but I think if a report came out where it's like we gave up, we were trading three first round picks, and he just said no. I go. At least you tried. Yeah. I think you should at least try. Okay. Now, will he get him? Probably Even not. Even with all the off-field stuff, do you think they should still try? Yes. Okay. He is okay. so good. Yeah, I know, but it's it's the – there is also something to be said about culture, the team aspect of it. I'm, I'm a football stuff. guy. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, but that, that is, that is part of it, though, Adrian too. Peterson beats up kids, and we yeah. sign him, so we can do whatever we want. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um yeah, what's weird, though, about the Deshaun thing, and then we'll kind of move on, is, like, yeah, it, whoever gets him, obviously, great for them, right? But at the same time, the teams that want to get him, like, you really want to go to Carolina with a lame duck coach who's potentially trading away Christian McCaffrey? Like, do you really want, like, yeah. like even as a Detroit Lion fan, like, if they told me tomorrow they'd trade for Sean Watson, it's going to be really hard for me not to be like, oh, crap, we got Sean Watson. But, like, at the same time, it's like, why would he want to come here? Now, yeah. I can say why. I think the culture here over the last 12 months has been drastically restored as it's been communicated. And I also think that there's a lot of perks to, okay, hey, they still have quite a bit of wiggle room to do some things here to surround you, right? Mm-hmm. But Detroit, um, Carolina, I mean, maybe Seattle tries for it. I don't know if they I, would I would not want I, Seattle to try for but it. Like, but, like, you know what I mean? The Colts even, yes, you, you would say probably are the best fit for you in terms of a team that's ready to go. But what the Colts would have to give up, they don't have a first-round pick this year, mm-hmm. so they'd have to give up multiple probably key defensive players. And they don't have great weapons on it. Like, where did, like she wanted to go to Miami. You still want to go to Miami now with the shit show that's going on with ownership over there? Yeah. I don't know what team would be a great fit for it. Now, Houston's obviously not it, but like a team where he'd go where he's like, oh yeah, this is the place where I really want to go. Unless it's strictly a monetary slash taxes slash that whole deal for somebody that's in the market for a quarterback. Three teams that come to mind. Okay. The Buccaneers. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. The Steelers and the Browns getting Amari Cooper. 
those three teams come to mind as teams that like if yeah. you inserted Deshaun Watson today, mm-hmm. probably make you like the Buccaneers are just yeah. probably them and Rams are co-favorites at that point. Probably, yeah. I think the Steelers with how tough the AFC is and the Browns yeah. probably make you like yeah you're still there. you're you're there with the Bills and Chiefs and oh my Chargers. God, you go to the AFC, do the the whole AFC playoffs. It's oh, just insane. Awesome, but yeah, um, those are the three teams that shoot to mind, and yeah. Tennessee as like a. Dark Could we get rid of Ta- Ryan Tannehill for Sean Watson? That would be amazing. That might be the worst thing in the world, though. You get rid of Tannehill for that. Yeah, yeah. and then I, you have Derrick Henry with A.J. Brown and Julio. I'm very interested to see the compensation for wherever he goes. Yeah. Because it's this, for him, this is his decided career factor. Mm-hmm. Wherever he decides to go, it's going to be two things. It's going to be, number one, we gave up the farm to get you. Mm-hmm. You have to make us a contender now. You absolutely have to yeah. do it. And you have to get it done. Because if... Trades like this, the Peyton, like when you sign Peyton Manning off a of neck surgery, right? You have to go do it, right? There's just certain things you have to go win now. That's mm-hmm. the standard that's been set. Yep. So you got to go do it. Um, so that's an issue. Uh, real quick, too, Khalil Mack out of Oh, God. Oh, this is a great move by the Chargers. I, I think it was phenomenal. phenomenal. A phenomenal Oh, my move. God. When when I saw that, I was like, you were just. A great move for the Lions, too. I can't. I mean, he's out of the division. Him and Eddie. Uh, what's his name? Eddie. Was it Eddie Goldsmith? They released too. I was like, oh, from yeah, the Bears, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was Eddie like, Goldman. Goldman, yeah. yeah. I was like, they just released their whole D line. I was like, okay, yeah, they got they Robert Quinn still at thirty five. Yeah, or but Khalil Mack with Joey Bosa. Yeah, I think you're gonna see a resurgence out of Khalil Mack this year. Yeah, I was like, I was, I was like, linebacker coach the first year he was there. Well, I was like, if, if I'm the if I'm the Chiefs, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm going, so I have to double both of them. And Mahomes holds the ball longer than any quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The skittios. Yeah. <laughs> With Kenneth Murray and Derwin James able to actually guard your two best guys. Oh, my God. How do we, it's like, how do we – and then Justin Herbert's also going to go – Samuel Jr. Yeah, it's not Samuel can go – And Casey Hayward, I think, is still out there. Yeah. On the other side. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Char- uh, what's his name? From the Denver, he was there, too. Remember the corner? What's his name? Harris, Charles, something or other. You know what I'm talking about? No, oh, that's uh, – no, no, not, it was Casey Hayward. They had Asante Oh, they had, they had uh, Charles. Is his name Charles Harrell? I don't know. I don't remember what his dang name is. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, he played in Denver, got traded, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm with you. Anyway. Um, okay, let's talk Lions free agency news, new rumors as we kind of prepare into it, right? Mm-hmm. So as of now, a couple things have happened. First thing, right, they brought back Josh Reynolds. Yeah. On an extremely, extremely team-friendly deal. Oh, my deer. gosh. What a great deal this is for Detroit. Um, well, his cap was only like $2 million or something. His cap this year is $2 million. He's got incentives next year uh, in 2023 up to 400k per game active roster bonus, $2 million in catches yards and touchdown incentives, and then $2 million in team achievements. So, like, if they make the playoffs and make a Super Bowl run, he gets paid a bunch more money, basically. Yeah. If he balls out, right, he gets paid you know $2 million more. And he's only got a $750,000 cap hit if they cut him after this season. So he's going to be a Lion in 2022, barring he gets arrested or something stupid. Yeah. Next year, they're not tied to him for anything. This is a phenomenal deal for Detroit as their number three guy. Yeah, I was going to say, he's also... Him, St. Brown, Adam Robinson. That's that's the name I've been hearing everywhere. Allen Robinson. Yeah. um, And then a rookie, Christian Watson, cough, cough, from North Dakota State. All of a sudden, that wide receiving core, sexy. Yeah, a little better than it was. Um, anyway, um, so that's kind of the big, like the, the one re-signing. They, they offered Henry to a whole bunch of unrestricted free agents. The other news really that hasn't happened is that there's been no progress on the Tracy Walker front. Yeah. And that's a little bit scary, I think, if you're a Detroit Lions fan. Do you think he stays and he comes back? 
I mean, I'd hope so. Yeah. But does he? I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one for me. Um, for some of the other kind of news and notes for Detroit in particular, uh, per Dave Burkett, Lions do have some interest in re-signing Alex Anzalone. I'm assuming it'll be on another one-year deal. Um, I've also heard there's also rumors, and this is where I want to talk about Bobby Wagner, and take this for a grain of salt, but they're one of the quote-unquote 12 teams that have interest in Bobby Wagner. Why wouldn't you? He's still an all-pro. Um Percentages that Bobby Wagner comes to Detroit, like point zero one. Yeah, like two yeah. percent. Yeah. How does it somehow he manages to go to the Rams? I don't know, but he'll go to the Rams or yeah, he'll go to Denver, the team with Russ. Over yeah. Because they have no linebackers in Denver at all. Yeah. So the other, the kind of the other new, right? We talked about Jason Kabinda coming back, whatever. Right? Josh Wood gets signed on a one-year deal, uh, depth linebacker. Uh, the other news, right? Lions expected to be major players in the free agency market, right? So. Mike Williams signed a two, three-year deal. He's gone. Mari Cooper just got traded for half a ham sandwich for the Browns to take on that contract. He's in Denver, or he's in Cleveland where he's going to die because Baker can't get him the ball. Um, <laughs> Devontae Adams got re-signed to the Packers who somehow are going to be able to pay him, and I don't know how mathematically you can do it, but it's there. Half a ham sandwich. I mean, a swap of fifths and a sixth rounder for Amari Cooper. I mean, he's got $20 million next three years yeah. on a cap hit, but still. Um, now, you know, the names that are out there, right? Allen Robinson, um, Christian Kirk, which I am not a fan of. DJ Chark is a lower-end option who can play that X spot. Um, Jarvis Landry now has officially been given permission to go seek a trade. I don't necessarily know. I mean, like, Odell's out there, but let's just put him on the Rams because that's where he's going. Um is really do you do you I guess first question is do you want them to go sign a guy like Allen Robinson knowing it's going to cost them probably 15 to 16 million dollars uh yes okay do you think that that and I think really... it is Allen Robinson yeah I, I so yeah I think that's that... where I, I think that's where the boat's kind of landing right now to yeah. me I, I am torn because on one end I go hell yeah we got Allen Robinson and the other time we go is this the right time to go be spending that money on Allen Robinson. And I guess the question is, when is the right time? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, in my mind, I look at it and I go, is Goff your guy? Like, Allen Robinson signing has nothing to do with Jared Goff, in my opinion. they just like, we just need better receivers, right, to give Goff a chance. Yes. But at the same time, I also look at it and I go, it's hard for me to say no at the same time. Like, DJ Chark interests me a lot because he's fast, he's a big dude, he just has been hurt all the time. And so I think he comes at half the price that Allen Robinson does. So it's a very interesting, like, ooh, man, that sounds really good. But yes. the problem is, is I feel like Chark is a guy who needs a good quarterback to make him worth that money, where Allen Robinson's a baller. I, yeah, I think Allen Robinson, we talk about how, He's like, had bad quarterbacks his entire career, and yeah. he's still putting up. Yeah, we talk about how, like, Joe Burrow just yeah. needed Jamar Chase to go over the top. Yeah. Um, I think, like, Allen Rob like, not, like, I think Jared Goff just, or the Lions just in general, yeah. just need that number one guy. Yes. Where you can just go, get open, here you go. And with him and Amon Ra... And Josh Reynolds and the and, rookie to, and, and whatever rookie, rookie to be named later. Yeah, rookie wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, rookie or two to be named in six weeks or three, four weeks now yeah, or right, whatever it is. Right. Um, rookie to be named. Um, I think that would be a really good receiver room to have. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't trust I don't trust them drafting like a late first early second that's good enough to be an Allen Robinson a number one one. like they could draft a number two number three slot guy really or a guy that's prepared to take that number one yeah but not a number one right off the gate because there's not really that Jamar Chase sitting there right now well not not in the spots that you're available now you get I think Curtis uh what's his name um not Curtis Samuel. Uh, what's the guy? Uh, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. I think I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a number one. Yes. Right. I think there's guys out there where you go. He's Drake London. Drake London, London could probably yes. be a number one. Right. But you're not in a draft position at yeah. two or thirty-two to take one. Of those yeah. Guys. If you were twelve, you're like okay. okay. Maybe that's yeah, right. maybe you could look at that. Yeah. So um. But yeah. So I think Allen Robinson is imperative, and I think if you only made one free agent signing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like. Marcus Williams I, is probably the other one. Him and Marcus Williams are probably one A one B for you. I, and and if you don't re-sign Tracy Walker, I think Marcus oh Williams God. probably becomes one A. Yeah. In that I, situation. Yeah. Then safety becomes a huge need, and I think that you might as well just put um, them nuts from Michigan on on our team already and be done with it. Yeah, thirty two. <laughs> you might as well just put Dexter on yeah, the team because exactly. it's probably gonna we're um, gonna need it. Uh, the other thing too, I I want the Lions to have a free agency like they did a couple years ago. A couple years, well, it's been more than that now. I was in college, but basically, where you've seen a guy like you got, they had a in my mind, they had one of the best free agency signing periods they ever had as a team and as an organization. They went and signed Reggie Bush, they signed Glover Quinn, and they signed uh, uh, a defensive end that I can't remember the name of right now. But anyway, basically, they went and signed three guys. All played key roles. Glover Quinn was one of the best free agent signings in team history. I will not hear arguments against it. Um, Reggie Bush, thousand yard rusher that year. Um, everything about it, right? It just kind of fit, right? And you were just like, oh, that's a targeted spot. It's a targeted spot. It's a targeted spot. And, and like, I feel like that's where they're at in this in this signing period. Where like, I think they're going to be aggressive. I do think there's going to be a splash or two to really kind of put them over the top here mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm expecting, quite frankly, they're going to. I mean. Even at the linebacker position, there's a guy in uh, Foiste Olukan from Atlanta who I don't think anybody's talking about right now, and I think he's going to get a boatload of money, but I would love for him to be on the train. I love Bobby Wagner, but this dude's averaging 100 tackles a year for Atlanta. No one's talking about, Mm -hmm. and he's he's fast as hell. He came out of Yale. Like, like, certain positions like that where, like, I feel like they are – very much ramping up. I think Allen Robinson coming here would be awesome. I think it'd be huge. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, you're going to invest the money. We got to see it. You know what I mean? And that's where you're kind of getting to here with this Detroit Lions yeah. kind of stuff. So it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. Very exciting. All right. You want to close on a mock draft real fast? So yeah. We can get out of here. Yeah. Um, I had it pulled up. Next week, by the way, guys, we are going to be going full in depth. I, you know, I, We've got some other things potentially planned as well, but free agency for the NFL is definitely going to dominate um, the conversation. So just as an FYI, so be prepared for that. All right. It's happening. It's, all right, so from Pro Football Network, okay. we have uh, James Fragosa, March sure. 11th, 2022, okay, which is so two days, days ago. Yep. So this is a three-round mm-hmm. – let me read the title here. Three-round draft, okay. <laughs> There was one that was two, and I was like, no, no, no. Rob likes his three years, <laughs> so we do three here. We don't do two. All right. So good he takes so, care of me, guys. Yeah. So number one. Yeah. So this is this is probably – Yeah, this is this is where everyone's starting to go, and it's probably worst-case scenario, is number one is Aiden Hutchinson, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Now, okay, let's just put this out there. Say they sign Marcus Williams, okay? Mm-hmm. But they don't bring back Tracy Walker. Mm-hmm. Do you think Kyle Hamilton's firmly in play at two? 
So I mean, I think I think he's firmly in play. Yeah. I think he is. I think he's I think, firmly in play regardless of what they do in free agency. I think him, Thibodeau, um, I know some and, people are talking and, about. And quarterback is also in play, I think. Yeah. I, now, in this draft, I will yeah. say Malik Willis goes two to Lions. Okay. Uh, but also, obviously, Thibodeau, if, goes, if, Thibodeau if, goes three. Kyle Hamilton, I haven't looked yet, but he's probably okay, going so like if, six, seven if, or something. But I mean, give me a percentage, do you think? If okay, is not there. Yeah, so here's the thing, right? So I think it comes down to. I still to, think it's going to be Evan Neal, in my opinion. I don't. I, I get it. Okay, we re-signed Cam Robinson. That's great, but Evan Neal is a better left tackle already than Cam Robinson. Yeah. Day one. And you could just put Evan Neal at right tackle if you really yeah, had to. Juwan Taylor's on the last year of a deal. Trade Juwan Taylor. Yeah. But um, I look at uh, I look at the number two and I go, if you got Marcus Williams and yeah. Allen Robinson or something crazy, yeah. like you got those two guys. Ooh. I would not like. I would not be. Me all hot bothered, I would right? not be against the idea of picking Malik Wills, knowing at thirty-two and thirty-four, mm-hmm. you could probably get like a Dax Hill yeah. combo of something, and, and you could, yeah. and then a defensive linebacker or something, and then you go, okay, so you got your quarterback, then you got your safety to replace Tracy Walker Wallace getting Marcus Williams. Now you get your linebacker at thirty-four, mm-hmm. and now it's like now you have your wide receiving core there, your offensive line stacked, yeah. you know, you have right, it's like, okay, now now you're kind of seeing this team fold apart with the quarterback yeah. that halfway through the year you yeah. can toss him in right. if Jared Goff's not playing well, right. and you go, let's see what you got. Because I think there was also something to be said, and now you're going to hate this with a firebird passion, <laughs> I will tell you right now, but I think it's not out of totally out of play yeah. where if you draft Malik Willis, and he is just awful. You do have two first round picks next oh, yeah. year, I'm so you can you can Josh Rosen this yes. and just go. Okay, we have the number three overall pick. Yeah. Trade both our picks, go up to number two or one. Yeah. Bryce Young or yeah. CJ Stroud, whoever you like more, you oh, could yeah. do that too. I, I, listen, so I am firmly prepared for that scenario. So I'm not against yeah. the idea. Now it all depends on free agency. If we yeah. just don't do anything really in free, if we get Allen Robinson, that's about it. Yeah. Then I think Kyle Hamilton's probably more in play here at number yeah. two, but I'm not against if we kind of fill out the roster a little more in free agency and we're just like, all right, let's yeah. take the shot. I think Malik Willis is not a bad shot to take. Uh, the place is going to lose their mind. It'll be crazy though. Oh my goodness gracious. I think I, I've seen some mocks now where like Thibodeau's falling like 25. I've I, seen two. I don't, there's it's no way. crazy to me. Like, can we relax? He won't go lower than five. Bit? No, I think he goes at, I think he can go to, especially, Here's a spoiler for you. I know everyone's like just got Hutch on our team already, but even if he's Hutch and Thibodeau there, don't be shocked if they just go, we like Thibodeau. Yeah. Like, straight up, he's an athletic freak of nature. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you think, hey, maybe there's some concerns there. We bring him into our building, a la the Chiefs, a la, like, Andy Reid's done that for years. Mm-hmm. Marvin Lewis did it all the time. Oh, Pac-Man Jones got problems. Let's bring him in here. And all of a sudden he's playing a Pro Bowl level again. Yeah. So it's like, don't, don't dissuade that either. I think Thibodeau is firmly... Firmly in play. Yep. All right, right three. Houston takes Thibodeau. Yeah, so that'd be fun. Yeah, uh, New York takes Evan Neal at four. So they're just right. flipping. They got Beckton at one side, and yep. they just filling him in on the other side. It'll be great for them. Yep. Giants take Eko Magangu, the North Carolina offensive tackle. Yeah, they're just thrilled because they need offensive line. Hoping, like you're hoping, like the line, you trade down with the Lions. You're like, okay, let's try and hop Houston because they may want to tackle too. Maybe yeah. we can go hop the Jets. Go get Evan Neal. Lions trade down to five. Yeah, and then and then, then, and then Malik Willis looks yeah. so much better at five. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. uh, number six, because now this one's kind of shocking. So since Malik Willis off the board, Carolina picks Matt Corral, who Dude, I, I, not, I do not think. I've seen a ton of mocks where Matt Corral is the first quarterback off the board, and I don't understand how. No. I don't understand it. Like, um, everyone's like, Kenny Pickett, small hands. Malik Willis, 
Not, not small not, hands. Not, not small hands, but not big enough school. I don't know why yeah. you wouldn't just take him. Um, I digress. Number seven, the Giants with their second pick, pick uh, Trevon Walker, edge out of Georgia. That's the other he guy had, that I'm seeing are, people are a lot of like, he could be up there. That number, Even Daniel Jeremiah is like, maybe Trevon Walker goes too. And yeah. I go, I don't necessarily know if that's who I'd be thrilled with at that yep. spot. Uh, number eight, the Falcons take David Ojabo. Which is yeah. like crazy to me that he's number eight, but he's uber. This thing says uber athletic. Yeah. I think that is just hysterical. <laughs> um, I've never seen it written out as uber athletic before. Yeah. Uh, number okay. nine, the Seahawks from the Denver trade pick uh, Sauce Gardner, cornerback out of Cincinnati, great. which would be great Dude, for them. That's a great because pick, if they yeah. could re-sign DJ Reed or Sidney Jones and put Gardner on the other side, they even tried to bring back Diggs. With all the space I they know. have now, I, I don't know. understand why they're not. Yes, I agree with that too. But getting Gardner and then finding either Trey Brown or someone to just put on the other side of him. Now your secondary with Jamal Adams there just looks yeah. much better already than it does. if you didn't have that Jamal Adams trade. You know, all the yeah. draft and you just have like have. three first-round picks this year. It would be crazy. Uh, and then number 10, the Jets pick Kyle Hamilton at 10. So, no way. Yeah, no he way. would make it down there. Oh, my gosh. Which would be crazy. crazy. All right, let's go down. Let's go down to – the Lions yeah, pick here. Yeah, I got a next, next, next round here. It. Yeah, I got to like next page it. All <laughs> right. uh, the Saints pick Kenny Pickett at 18. Okay. So that's fun. Yeah. And my man's just dropping all the way to the team that has no tiny hands. The tiny hands. Tiny hands pick it. Um, go, get out of I here. wonder if that's a thing like next year in the Madden where like he has like his ball carrying or like his goes down game. because he has small hands. small hands. He does fumble a lot. That is, that is one thing. Like, um, what, do you think he gets like plus four if he has gloves on his character as compared to if he doesn't have the gloves on? You like edit it without gloves and he loses three. Uh, number 32. Oh, where'd that's he go? So stupid. Number 32, the Lions take Jameson Williams, wide receiver out of oh, Alabama. Oh my God. Yes, that's the other one. That's the other guy that I think could come in and step in, after, barring his injury, could just immediately be, yep, he's my number one guy. Yep, and then um, 34, which is not who I would take here, but George Karlafis, edge rusher out of Purdue, goes well, 34. Didn't take... It's because they didn't take Hutchinson. Yeah. Um, 37, Dex Hill goes to Houston, yeah. which is why I saw that, and I was like, I think if between those two it would be tough, yeah. it's but gonna, yeah, you well, get an edge yeah. rusher, which would be great for you. So. Right. Yeah, that's that's not necessarily shocking because they took Malik at two. Yeah, I don't know what I'm. Gonna, I don't even know how I'm going to feel if they take Malik Willis. And then sixty six Lions yep. pick Kirby Joseph, safety out of Illinois. Okay, so they so literally they, went need, need, need. Yeah, need. they just go straight needs all yeah, the way okay. around. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that straightforward. Like I said, I still think corners and play for them early, um, not in the first round, but unless something crazy happens, yeah. like. Uh, I think if that like Kiar Elam from Florida was there in like the late first, early I second, Singletary to fall too. Singletary, I don't know if Singletary Not will fall. 32. Yeah, at the thirty-two. I but. also think too that they're in a very good position where they might trade up. I think they might package thirty-two and thirty-four and yeah. go up and go There's get There's chance, yeah. I mean, at that point, you're like, listen, we're gonna go get two bona fide studs. Like, mm-hmm. say Hutchinson falls them at two. They get there, they're and they're rolling. You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of chances there. So lots of fun stuff next week. Free agency in. An explosion in the worst way. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be ridiculous! I can't wait. So much fun. I love when when the week before this is my first week, best week of the year is free agency, and then the draft week. Those are my two favorite times. Where I'm just like, ah, yes, we there, we did it. I I see. My 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 two favorite times are uh, uh, schedule release day. And the start of the NFL season. Yeah, right, you're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're like totally we're, different. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm that... talking about the potential, and you're like, here's reality. And I go, why you got to ruin on my parade? <laughs> yeah, like I look at that schedule release, and I sit there for like six hours, yeah, and, and I'm go, like, where lost, are the fun lost, games? Lost, lost, lost. I'm like, when maybe? Uh, like when we looked at the season last, the schedule last year, we went, 
Okay, so they're not winning for the first eight weeks of the year. Straight, <laughs> Straight up. up. Yeah. I tried to talk myself into beating San Francisco, and, well, look how that worked out. Anyway, that's going to be it for this week's show, though, guys. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merck Stone, Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Dyka. We will see you guys, as always, next time.